Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here and join me pretty much straight after the end of the Crystal Palace game. We've got Stu. The magic of the FA Cup. It's like the magic of the FA Cup. And we've got Blake. Hello. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Um, as, as I say, we have pretty much just finished watching the Crystal Palace game. Um, Wolves have shown the magic for the FA Cup and the, they are up for the cup everybody. Adama Traore scoring a thunderbolt to seal the game. What was a pretty comprehensive performance all told. Um, but before we start, um, you might have sort of gathered from Blake's voiceover just then or if you listened to his excellent uh, stories from the pack. If not, we'll make sure we send out a link to it. But um, was I right in thinking that, um, was it a Wolves FA Cup game that was your first experience watching Wolves then? No, it wasn't. Well, live. <sighs> Not live, actually. No, it was Burton Albion, but um, the FA Cup has been pretty special to me, um, you know, especially since, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, we went uh, all the way to the semi, semi-final, and that was just my second year being here as a, as a Wolves fan, so that was pretty, very unique, you know. Um, and yeah, the FA Cup has been really special for a lot of reasons, and, you know, for whatever reason, I've always loved those quiet FA Cup nights where there's, you know, <laughs> Only 12,000 people to see us play Yeovil or something stupid like that. So I think there's a lot to the FA Cup, especially the modern rendition of it, that is sort of overlooked. I, I, I think um, a, a lot of fans, kind of, it, it, there's a level of nostalgia around the FA Cup for a lot of fans. It's fascinating to sort of hear that you've got that excitement because it is very much different to a a 38 league um game format which is kind of quite monotonous but in theory with a cup cup game there should be like a level of excitement about it because if you're out you're out and there's no going back from it um and say in practice it should be a really high profile event and i know over the years it's it, it's struggled in some regards but it's interesting to sort of hear that as someone who's kind of joined i was gonna say Slightly almost later on, because it's usually a sort of childhood one. So I'm going to make Stu feel old with my FA Cup one. But my first proper FA Cup memory was Wolves beating Newcastle in 2003. Uh, where we hit him three two, and I can fit. I can just feel him fuming at me now. But it was exactly the same. We got to the quarterfinals that year, um, and there was a few really good games in that. Um, we beat Leicester as well, and that was like, even though we beat. Um, we beat Leicester that year. I think we scored four past and, and Dar scored sort of two running from the halfway line. I can still tell you exactly where I was sitting in Molyneux for them, you know, 15 plus years on. Um, I, I, uh, Stu, as the older statesman in the room tonight, do you give us an FA Cup, uh, I guess sort of your first FA Cup memory? I think this is just to clear this up that I've, this is the first time ever on this podcast that I'm the one with more stubble than anyone else, <laughs> um, which is kind of depressing. But yeah, my first one was the um, Sheffield Wednesday game, but I, I wasn't there. I listened to it on radio with the penalty was shootout. That, oh, yeah. Um, you three, I mean, you get three nil down in a penalty shootout and you, you pretty much expect to lose and then to come back and listening to that on radio was my first, probably my first Wolves memory full stop really mm. I mean I was I'd obviously been at a game that season in the Anglo-Italian Cup against Atalanta but as an actual memory that was I remember that like it was yesterday that the commentary and Pressman and the blasting into say, the top corner I was going to say I, I forgive my youth here but was that the one where Ken Pressman scored a penalty yeah 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 I was going to say yeah because 94-95 whenever Wolves versus Sheffield Wednesday involving late 90s. It either involves one of two incidents involving Kevin Pressman, doesn't it? It's either him <laughs> Yeah, I was there for the second one. Yeah, or him getting sent off in, was it like 30 seconds? 13. 13 seconds. Incidentally, I believe Jordan Lescott made his debut that game. I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> I, no, I remember I was charging. Was being about seven. So <laughs> Charging, well, Blake was like one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was come running out of his area with his hands in the air, charging the ball down. Thirteen seconds red card. It, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. It's, 
very seen. I was going to say it almost fits in the vine, but enough about our uh, enough about reliving our youthful days of the nineties. Um, as I open the show with three to the fourth round of the FA Cup, it was a pretty open and shut um, job for Wolves. Almost from the off, we looked in control. Didn't seem to be particularly phased by what was a, a, a Palestine full of senior players, not necessarily first team players, but players with experience. I mean, Stu, we start with the, I guess, the starting 11, um, Ruddy and Goal, but beyond that, it was pretty much a full strength team. Were you sort of happy to see the lineup? I was surprised. I mean, uh... Considering the well, you couldn't even call it a squad. It's more like a, a nursery packed at the minute that bench the last few weeks. That I expected at least Kundal or what Taylor Perry, Terry Taylor, which, whichever one it is. Um, okay, some I'm, of them. I'm, I'm just convinced they're the same person. It's yeah, fun. they are. So yeah. never seen together. And that that kind of ilk starting and having a kind of a mix of both, just because of the run of games that we've got and the how, how small the squad is. So to go full strength apart from Ruddy. I was massively shocked, but saying that, I had no interest in this game other than the fact that we were doing this tonight um, until I saw that lineup, and then I was properly up for the cup. I thought, yeah, we are actually giving it a go, amazingly. And it Did you was... dig out the uh, cardboard, tinfoil, cardboard tinfoil cup you've got? I've never had done that once, not in my, in my entire life. <laughs> me, I, mean, I know everyone expects me, of all people, to kind of done that kind of thing. I have got an FA, a Subutio FA Cup somewhere. Which is infinitely better, a little plastic one. But it's got the detachable base and everything. I'll find Very out. Nice. I'll put it on Twitter tomorrow. Okay, so um, dig it out. But yeah, no, no cardboard foil FA cups for me. <laughs> I was going to say, Blake, where do you stand on cardboard uh, <laughs> FA cups? But we'll we'll leave that out for today. Um, were you happy with starting lineup? I know I, I was sort of slightly disappointed not to see um, whoever get a um, a starting place, but I think Samedo which showed what he was about tonight. I get it. Uh, Semedo played brilliantly, so I don't I don't blame Nuno at all for that. I think tonight was really just about getting a result. Um, you know, it's been a really rough couple of matches for us, and for us to just get out there, get a win, get something, and go to another round of the FA Cup is... Uh, it's not great, but it's better than what we have been, and perhaps it's a foundation that we can use to, to build in the future. Yeah, I think um, the, the interesting one for me, it only kind of occurred to me towards the end of the game, actually, when he got substituted. And I feel like I probably should have tweeted it at the time. But then Donker does so much, I guess, hidden work in the game. Yeah. I almost don't, for him to come in and all of a sudden, we just we just looked a little bit more on our game. We looked like we had more players available for passes. You know, I thought Nevis had a great game as well, and we'll go on to sort of individual performances in a minute. But him back in that lineup, he, I, I don't know quite know what it was, but I think he sort of hit the nail on the head. We just got the job done, which is what you need to do in a cup game at the end of the day, because no one's going to remember that. Oh well, you know, it was a bit drab in points. Um, it's about it's about kind of getting through to the fourth round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the. Um... I think I've been critical of Dendonka's performance in the last third of the pitch because, and that obviously didn't change, but it's it's almost irrelevant because of what he does for everyone else. Yeah. So you can kind of you can kind of forgive him for not being able to score or head the ball, but because it's just it's almost just like it, oh, the the band's back together, them three in the middle, they just know what they're doing, and there is no even though he's been out for such well, a relatively short amount of time compared to others, he just slotted back in like he'd been out for a week. Yeah. It was superb. Uh, I mean, I, I think I could run the Dendonka fan club quite quite handily, to be fair. Um, I, I always think he's got it all as a player, apart from he's not quite creative enough going forwards. But I know, I think you're right. It's what he brings to the players around him it's whether it's just like extra energy I don't quite know what but I know first half was interesting for me I think we kind of clearly showed we were a better team and after about 10 minutes I kind of thought yeah we're going to be the only team who's going to do something in this it's just a case of whether we actually do it and I I thought Neto and um, Traore both started the game really well it was almost 
traditional out and out wingers, which I, I can't really remember seeing Nuno play to pro- proper sort of almost yeah out and out wingers, almost you know uh, paint on the heels type of thing, really. But it seemed it seemed to really work for us tonight. Yeah, I mean it, it's it was almost like. It was almost like a very Kenny Jackie kind of lineup for it yeah, in a way, yeah. um, with how wide they were both playing. But I think it, it just because that how they play and how they played last time against us, and we we destroyed them last time as well, which is barely months ago. And it was so convincing that time. It was like, well, we can't do exactly the same thing again. We'll we'll mix it up a bit more. But Traore was, you know, I thought that whole right hand side was superb tonight. Yeah. And we ain't said that for a long time, have we? Yeah. Uh, Blake, I guess sort of what are your thoughts on sort of Wolves right-hand side, Troy and Samedo? Yeah, you know, uh, look, I can't blame anyone for not being 100% this year. This year was always going to be weird one way or another. And without fans, I think you take out this energy that especially for a winger is super impactful. You know, you don't have that added intensity that an atmosphere brings to the game. And I, I certainly can't blame uh, Adama, certainly, who hasn't really been on form recently for for getting off to a rather poor start. But tonight he played absolutely superb. Um, lights out. There was I, I don't think there's anything you could say that, that Adama did wrong tonight. I mean, he was making brilliant runs. He was making players look stupid. And, yeah, uh, we just seemed to, to have that right wing down tonight. Yeah, uh, I was going to make a really off-key political joke, then, and I and I won't. <laughs> um, I think we'll, and you know what? I think we can all be better for it. Um, yeah, we'll yeah, only I've... end up, we'll <laughs> only end up with capital punishment in America if something very enough. And I don't want the edit job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I, I thought Samedo just. It wasn't even a fact of how well he was doing at fullback. There was a couple of points in the second half where. Um, Palace were trying a little bit harder and sort of trying to knock the ball, you know, out wide to him. And I think there's been a couple of times where he's been caught with a ball over the top of, um, on, on a diagonal. And tonight he just seemed to clear them up just nice and tidy. Um, there are parts where he was sort of just dropping up in the middle. And, you know, he, he's come for a lot of money. Um, as, well, frankly, all footballers do. And he's come with a level of expectation. I don't think many of the Wolves players have had. The fact that he's came from Barcelona, being a first-team player there, to then becoming a, you know, you're hardly going to ever light the world on fire playing at right-back, um, unfortunately, as I fully well know from my football youth <laughs> career. But, yeah, it it is it, a difficult job for him in a way. Um, but I thought I thought tonight he was superb, and say sort of a, a, alongside Traore, who, uh, you know, he had chances to uh, try to think of what I was trying to put it down. He seemed to be a bit more willing to take chances. There's been a lot of talk recently about how sort of fewer goals and assists he's made recently, but he seemed to be wanting to take shots on more, uh, particularly on his left foot. And he was also, you know, and he also sort of set up a couple of really good chances as well for, um, for his teammates. Yeah. He was going back to that first half performance against Brighton, wasn't it? a lot of the mm. time where he was, you can see what he was trying to do. He was trying to. He was almost trying to greedish it at times as well, and trying to win the fells because yeah. that's our best route to goal at the minute. Um, but yeah, you you are right. His his confidence from two weeks ago is a massive difference, and it's the same with Samedo as well. And like you said, we all talked about this in in the um, the Fable group chat earlier that balls over the top, you you kind of shitting yourself automatically because. <laughs> It's kind of like he's Achilles' heel, but tonight, I mean, even at, even at the end when it, with balls and, and corners were coming in, and it, he was heading them away, he didn't switch off, and that's what his, his problem's been so far. It's almost like it's took him almost halfway through the season to kind of, yeah, this is England and not Spain, and we do things differently here. Well, Brexit, rah rah, but it's um, it's finally clicked for him. And the last three games, he's been great. And tonight, I think that was easily his best performance in a wall shirt. I mean, probably oh, yeah. his best, he's probably his best performance for a year after the, the fast that Barcelona went through at the end of last season as well. So it's, he, you are right. He came in with massive money and he's a name as well, which even people who've kind of a vague interest in football now, Nelson, well, Nelson Tomato is the commentator who's calling him tonight for some weird reason. 
Um, everyone can most people know that name, even if they don't know the player. So he's coming they, with a reputation. And if and not, they from, certainly know Barcelona. Yeah, and other than what was you probably say, Martino was the last name that we bought him. Yeah, and how well he adapted to England. It's kind of like a. It's kind of a false profit more than anything else. Kind of, he's going to like, well done, phone. He's not the same as Doherty. And we were, like Gully said as well, we were kind of spoiled with Doherty's goal scoring. And no yeah. one's going to make that up. So, yeah, no. well pleased with that right-hand side tonight. I mean, uh, speaking of goal scoring in this Wolves team, <laughs> what did we think of Fabio Silva tonight? Because I, I, I've, been, I've been a real advocate for him in this team. I think... Well, he, ha- he holds the ball at well, but tonight, I'm just making weird noises on audio now. Yeah, it was it was poor, but look, he's 18. There's only so much you can expect of him. I know we've paid over £30 million for him, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think we ever anticipated on playing him this quickly. I, I don't think that was ever in the cards, and we've just sort of been forced to because obviously Rawls been injured and we just we didn't have any other options. So... I don't lay a lot of blame at, at Fabio's feet, but it has been really poor, I would say, recently. Um, and it's not necessarily the worst thing, you know, um, especially considering that we're down mid-table. We're probably going to, realistically, I, I doubt that we're moving too far away from mid-table by the end of the season. And giving him some time might not be the worst thing in the world. And humbling him a little bit, you know, whenever there's big money, there is a chance that a player might think that he's maybe too big for his britches and that he's a lot better than he actually is. And for him to perhaps get some actual Premier League experience, get some time, you know, playing with the big boys and eventually go back down to the youth system, knowing full well what it is that he's going to have to grow into. I don't think that's the worst thing at all. Yeah. I mean, I I don't kind of disagree with you. And I think for, for any young player, you need game time. Um, And I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's given a bad account of himself so, so far in a wolf shirt by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it, it, I guess it's his ability directly in front of goal. I think he's quite good. I think he's really good at linking up the play. I think he gets himself in the right positions. He showed it in the first half with that header from six yards out, and I appreciate it was at an awkward angle. But whether you're thirty-five million or five million. That that's a that's a big chance a striker should be taking, surely, Stu. Yeah, he's, he's. I mean, Blake is right. We we have got to be kind of. I ain't gonna nail him because it's not his fault. I mean, he ain't even he started more games for us than he, in his whole life, in in men's football. So it's kind of like, well, it's it's the true fish out of water, kind of almost a comedy at this point that he's, he's so bad. But again, he's. We've paid the money because we wouldn't have been able to sign him from now because of because of the Brexit yeah. rules, and it, that was always obviously the reason why he was bought in. And after what happened with the um, is the young compatriot that went to Atletico Madrid, that was never gonna they were never gonna sign him if he progressed like that. So it was a gamble, and, and well, you put it this way, it's like when like when Blake came over here at eighteen, and did he expect to? There's there's method in this. Did he? Was it wise for him to go on a drinking bender with me for two hours and, and have five points when he'd ne- he never had two points in a whole day before? And it probably wasn't because he was sticking a tree. So, <laughs> but he learned from it. <laughs> now he drinks cider. <laughs> so he, he's he's adapted. It's took him a while. And it's the same with Fabio Silva. So, I mean, it, tonight it was like... Hey, Stuart, are you trying to advocate to be Fabio Silva's life coach? Well, he, he could do worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tonight it, it reminded me. I mean, we had that the um, the Goodyear sign on the LED boards, which was amazing. Seeing that back at Molyneux, and it was like it was almost like the old um, the old games when when Bully used to be rested and we used to play Glen Crow. And it was he was young, he was quite shit, but it was his fault that he was. He was young. No, and I, so I, if, I, I mean, if, if we're comparing Fabio Silva to Glen Crow, then fine. But hopefully they go different ways. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I, 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 I don't know how poor I'd class his performance as last night uh, as it was today. Um, but, but just those couple of chances, and I, I don't like to say, well, if Rahul was there, 
he might have scored it sort of thing because it's it's ifs and buts isn't it um it, it's just i think you I, I just want him to do well and when he gets the opportunities it, it's so hard because he's got that albatross price tag on him hasn't he um but i think i still think he's got all the potential i think definitely sort of still between now and the end of the season if what they're saying about walls not really being in the hunt for lots of players maybe we get one more on loan up front which i think about he's going to be playing you'd argue about 50 percent of the time now patrick catrone is back as well so he's gonna have options he seems to bring something different to catrone as well um i don't think we really got enough chance to see catrone tonight to really get get a gauge on how we feel he's going to do um but i mean the fact he's not made a start all season, I think I heard. I think he's come yeah. off the bench eleven times. Hundred and seventy five minutes all yeah, season. Yeah, that that's a little bit alarm bells for me. Um you know, essentially Fabio Silva's played more minutes than him. Yeah. But I mean, uh, when he came, when he came on, he did he put himself about straight away, which is something that Fabio Silva doesn't do. And no. it's not his game, so why would he? He's a he's a different kind of player. And it's it was what well, the problem was the first time with Catroni, he was too similar to Raul to play with him. And Raul never got injured, so he couldn't play then either. Yeah. I, I do think on paper, I, I can't see Wolves shifting again, but Silver and Catroni up front, I think, would work really well because they, they seem to have sort of slightly contrasting games. Almost they've got different parts of Jimenez's style. So Jimenez's box office. There's pretty much nothing he can't do as a centre forward. He can lead the line. He can run in behind. He can drop. You know, he can drop short. He can turn, run with the ball. But you know, he's almost like the middle of the Venn diagram between Silva and Catrone for me. Yeah, I mean, you, you you could go better playing to top, and it it might work. I mean, it's, I mean, it's worth a go at least. Stu, let's think about it. We know we can play four at the back now. We've got two really good out and out wingers in Neto and Traore if we need to, and we could play two up front. Do we think Nuno could go for four, four fucking two? Fucking two. I think it's. I think it's a possibility now. I think. I think it is. Um, <laughs> I, I really think it is. Um, uh, who else sort of stood out for yourselves? I think maybe apart from Eight Nori. Um, I don't think anyone had a bad game. He's. Um... He's a he's a rogue little pet. He's he's another one though. It's not it's not his fault that he's there. He's clearly not ready. He's he's one one good game to atrocious games. And again, like I said, he's nineteen, and we haven't got another option. So he's going to have to play himself into form. Yeah, Blake. What did you think about Norwich tonight? I thought he was fine. You know. Um... We didn't really need him. So I think at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the reality of the situation. We didn't need him. And that's just that. It's a worrying sign for Crystal Palace that the fact that <laughs> we, we essentially could have played with 10 men and probably beat them. I think for me, um, it was kind of indicative for 8 Norway that he managed to get booked for time-wasting on a throw-in in the opposition's half in the 65th minute. Um you know, it's. I mean, Coote had gone power crazy at that point when he'd already give two fell throws to Palace. I mean, yeah. you, you, you could see he was. Oh, this is going to get mentioned on the football cliches on Twitter. I'm going to be mentioned here. Yeah. So he's, he's he's moments in the spotlight. In the uh, in the live game that didn't have any pundits covering it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I I don't quite realise that going into the game. Realise some tangenting here, but like I saw it was on BT. I was like, "Oh, great!" and sort of tuned in. Pretty much bang on uh, quarter to eight. Like, coverage fine. It was a bit tricky to find. That probably should have been a red flag for me. Um, and it got to half time. It's just like, are you not going to sort of drop to someone in the studio? <laughs> I I know sort of Liverpool and Villa was their sort of um, box office one tonight, but give us a bit of love. I mean the the quality of the picture was absolutely piss poor on Virgin as well, and it, it was it was like watching a video. I mean this is it's you know I, I 
when Andy mentioned that it was it was better on alternative means, I checked them alternative means on my phone just to out of curiosity, and it was better watching it on there than actually watching it through paid services. You think, well, at least like you said, at least make some kind of effort. You know, even if you're not putting a studio guest or a studio of any kind, just one man on his own on the gantry. I was going to say, speaking of making an effort, Blake, are you very happy that Crystal Palace didn't make an effort in terms of trying to have shots at John Ruddy? <laughs> because going into my ga- going into the game, if I was Roy Hodgson, um, for me, my game plan would have been to shoot at John Ruddy and see what happens. Yeah, just from anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like Palace didn't really have many options anyways. Um they would take the occasional shot from distance, but it seemed like it would either be blocked or it'd be 10 feet over. So I, I don't know. It, it seemed palace just didn't turn up at the end of the day. And, you know, we were up for it and they weren't. And that's just kind of how the modern FA cup goes. Yeah. I think, um, that definitely wolves with a team who are up for the cup tonight. Um, before I guess we round up our, uh, crystal palace chat, who do you want to give man of a match to? Cause I think, it's actually quite a wide selection tonight. Uh, let's go, Stu. I mean, just because of how how much of a massive improvement it was, and now I think um, Spears put something out about does um, Samadio know that he doesn't have to run under the twenty mile an hour? I think he was superb tonight in in his um, especially in the first half, and he didn't do anything wrong, which is what his weakness has been. So. I thought Samado was easily man of the match. Yeah. Uh, Blake, how about you? I'll go with the more stereotypical pick and just say Adama Traore, you know? <laughs> um, look, he makes guys look foolish on the wings, and if he could start scoring again like he did tonight, it would really help us on the offensive front. So let's hope he can carry this form and keep scoring. You know what? I'm... I'm going to go with Samedo, but as I say, I think you could have probably quite easily give it to Pedro Neto. I think Neves and Martino both had really good games in the middle of the park and didn't put a foot wrong. Um, I mean, the fact he didn't, you know, nothing of note from Sace and Cody probably says more about Palace than than to themselves. But, you know, I think there's lots of players in that lineup who, um, who, who put in a really good shift, which... I guess hopefully stands us in good stead for Tuesday night when we play Everton, which we'll talk about right after this. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, wolvesfancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back on Tuesday. Wolves will be playing 7th in the table, Everton. Um... I think it's going to be quite an interesting game because, of course, Everton did win the league uh, back in September, <laughs> if you remember correctly. And they've sort of slowed down a bit now and are now sort of sitting in seventh on 29 points. But uh, they've played 16, so it's sort of opportunity for them to, in theory, go up as high as um, fourth at the moment. How, how do we sort of see Everton sort of panning out this season? Because they seem to me a team who have got a lot of strong individual players and Ancelotti's got this ability to slightly, you know, unify groups of players, but they don't seem to necessarily be quite there and seem to have a good rick in them when they need to. They're still Everton, ain't they? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, still, they're still managed to be Everton again. Regardless of, I mean, Ancelotti, he gets them on runs and then they Everton it up and then they end up back in seventh where they're normally... They, well, the, the the whole thing of the Everton Cup, the Europa League place of seventh, which they've only probably been there like twice in the last five years, but it, it just seems to be an Everton place to be, and they're just so weird. Like you, they've got players there, I and mean, that like when they when they won the league at the start of the season, where you think they're going to be unstoppable, 
and then they just turn and they just get shit again. And you, you never really you never really know what's gonna happen. I mean, when we played them towards the end of last season, when we obliterated them and they were terrible that day. Yeah. I mean but I mean were you uh, was that when you on your time when you were watching from the fence, Blake? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you didn't know, for the first couple of matches after we went into whatever lockdown and, and we had restarted football again. Um, I actually went to, to Molyneux and there's a place above the subway where if you look just <laughs> perfectly beyond the scoreboard, you can see the goal on the one end of the, the North Bank side. So I, for a couple of matches, went out there just <laughs> there and watched the North Bank goal for the entire entirety of a couple of matches. So, experience I wouldn't give up, I'll tell you that much. I was going to say, it's, it, it, it sounds quite a novel way of uh, trying to catch... Uh, catch a game i know i i sweet that i know if people used to try and watch games from the um the university art building um which lights up at night as well um, i don't know if it is still really viewable because it is a pretty big distance but um i can't i'm trying to remember the game now did you see any goals uh watching the north bank I I've, um, uh, I never saw Wolves score. score that That's what I'll say. <laughs> I was never able to say see Wolves score on that goal. I saw uh, Arsenal score in that goal, but that was ah, it. okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I was say we're, we're Everton. They seem we we talk about almost from the last time we played them. We gave them a genuine trouncing. It was probably one of the most devastating Wolves displays I've seen in a while in terms of how merciless we were and Neves you know, playing his long raking balls over the top. Um, but Everton seemed to have genuinely just invested a lot of money in that midfield. Um, it, you know, it's almost a completely new one compared to um, essentially a year ago now. Uh, but, you know, players like Hamas or GGS seem to have just quietly disappeared into the backdrop again. Um, but, but I think it's interesting. But I think for me, it, if you can stop the supply into Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you very much just stopping Everton for me. Um, Stu, how, how do you think Wolves are going to approach the game? I think we'll do what we always do. <laughs> and I think we'll do what we did today and go at them. I think it'll be the um, tried and tested, let's start slowly kind of thing, especially because they have got firepower and we know they have. And when they are on form, they are, they have the potential to put three or four past you easily. So... I expect him to start slowly. Um, if that's a good or bad thing, who knows? I mean, if, I mean, at this point, you can't even say, will it be four or five at the back anymore? I was going to say that. That's literally my uh, my next question: is do we do we think we're going to go for back three? Maybe even play then Donker back there, um, or have Kil- or have Kilman in there and sort of try and squeeze um, Calvert Lewin as much as we can, or do we think you know to try and take the game to him a bit more? I don't know. Um, Nuno's been a bit random recently, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know anything more than he does. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, back four, back five. I think for us, really, it's going to come down more to what we can do up front, um, especially with Outreal. And I know you said previously that you don't want to talk about a lot about what could be and what would be with or without Raul. But I think that without that, key player up front it it just makes things a lot more complicated and for me personally i'm a lot more concerned about what we're going to do up front than we are at the back yeah i I think think we've um, that's fair i think we've it's almost like it makes no difference i think you you mentioned that earlier rich when we were going to a back four today makes no difference defensively because the, the midfield shape as it is is naturally defensive anyway yeah, I think if so, you've got Donkin, I think if you've got Donkin the team, yeah, it's it, he, it just kind of it defaults. So yeah. I think I think now, like we are, I mean, we've got really nothing to play. I, mean, I know the points wise, there's obviously loads to play for, but if we are going to be trying try and go forward a bit more, then and we have got Catroni back. I mean, I'll, obviously I would start Catroni because why wouldn't you know he's back? He's, he's not knackered. I mean, yeah, he might yeah. not be match match fit. But well, he's not going to be any worse than Fabio Silva. Exactly, exactly. So, someone who hasn't played all year is better than Fabio Silva at this point in time. So you might as well 
you might as well play him from the start. I mean, like, like tonight when when Gibbs White came on and he played him on the right, and I thought, what are you, why? You've brought him back to play in the middle, obviously. Yeah. And when he brought Hoover on later on and he went in the middle after he'd already been on a booking, you think, well, you could have made a double sub anyway. It's the FA Cup five subs. It was five subs, was he? I presume I it so. was. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he could have quite easily made two subs and put Hoover on and Gibbs White and kept the balance there and played him in his actual position and where he's played well for Swansea before he got injured. So, I mean, from that point of view, if if he's, if Gibbs White's going to play, playing as a 10, which is his actual position, and not yeah. trying to show meaning on the right or the left, which he didn't work last time. So, do we, do we think... I what what do you think in terms of that sort of attacking lineup more than anything? Then I mean, if we assume we go for a back, if you go for a back four, um, uh, I'm assuming what started tonight maybe Marcel in left back if he's fit, but that's a <laughs> uh, that 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 that's another uh, Silvio situation. It's starting to feel like, isn't it? Where we only get to see him every sort of you know he's a, he's an anti werewolf. No, he isn't an anti werewolf. He is a werewolf. Uh, we just get to see him like every four weeks, don't we? Um, w- would you go, I-, I guess, with the players we've got available then, Stu, Donk plus Neves and, and or Matinho, two wide boys in Neto and Traore with Gibbs White behind Catrone then? That's, that's what I'd do just because... I thought Matinho did okay today, but I think Neves... Neves been deeper than he has been for a while, did really well. Especially with that, he pulled off a couple of. He had that sliding yeah. swipe tackle in the first half as well. I thought he ain't done that for a while. He, and, he won a tackle against, I think it was Zahar as well. Sort of like Zahar so was sort of trying to drive forward. And he just like properly kind of tackled him, advanced the play so well. Yeah. So if you've got him doing that, then and you got Dendonka being box to box, and then you got Gibbs White in his actual position. I think at this moment in time, and you still got Matini on the bench. Which we haven't had before. We haven't had a bench for a while, so, and we have got the uh, the dreaded game a few days later as well. So against the them lot, yeah, we don't need to talk about that yet. Um, <laughs> but we've got a few options now. So I mean, personally, that's I I expect him to go with the same lineup, but with Catroni instead of Fabio Silva. That's yeah. what that's what I'd expect. But personally, I think. Give one of Martino and Neves a rest just because of the games coming up as well. Blake, is that sort of how how you'd pick us sort of going forward? Then I feel like we're all kind of relatively settled on having a back four now. Um, judging by sort of how, because um, I guess for me, I think you said earlier we're pretty much nailed on for mid table finish. We're not going to get relegated. It, we're not going to get to seventh if we're being honest. Um, but we have been up for a cup in one game out of seven or eight. Oh do you do you think that there is a, I guess Nuno playing a bit of chess while everyone else is playing checkers? That this is <laughs> like I was going to say genuinely like this could be our route into Europe. If, if we think about it, but you know, there's so many Euros teams doing competing, it's going to be a real rat race. Will a lot of teams drop out of competing for sixth, seventh place? No, sorry. The teams who are competing for sixth, seventh place drop out of competing for the FA Cup because that's where they can see us and maybe we end up with a final against like a Man City and have to chance it on the day. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's definitely possible. Um, I would argue that Crystal Palace are, are in a very similar situation to us. And yeah, they, they, they should be. At all. No. And, you know, not to jinx anything, but there is, I would say, a fair chance that we could have a limited number of fans at Wembley for an FA Cup final. So that would be quite the reward after all of this, whatever you want to call it. Um, But yeah, there is certainly, I'd say, a good chance that that Wolves could make this their gateway to Europe and what a way it would be. I mean, I I think it makes sort of a, a a lot of sense to also put a lot of chips in an FA Cup basket. Um, and hopefully we learn from last time and don't put our second string goalie out in the most important game of the club's history in several decades. Um, but that, that, that point aside, I guess. Um, 
What are our score predictions for Tuesday night? We will go to Blake first. 1-1. One, one. I, I just think it's been that kind of year. I think Everton are still strong despite their recent form. And I just feel like something goofy is going to happen and it's just going to be 1-1. One, one. Stu? It's almost Hodolesky. Um Well, now let's get 2-0. Two, two I'm going to do 2-0 for a while. Same as... <laughs> Temporary uh, rejoining a positive club for one night, but yeah, I mean, it depends. Like we said, it depends what Everton turn up, and it depends how negative Nuno wants to be. Yeah. Ideally, we'd score just before half time, and then just half to half time, and then shut up shop, and it'll all be okay. But yeah, yeah. two 0 Well, I'm going to go for two one walls with the idea that we'll score like almost just before half time. You say almost a similar time as he did. Today, get another one, second half on the counter-attack, concede in the 85th to 90th minute and spend what will be six minutes of added time, despite the fact that only four subs have been made and no injuries, uh, and we're just shitting ourselves for six minutes. So that's that's my uh, score prediction. But, gents, before we round up today's show, shall we go to Twitter Corner? Twitter Corner. I was going to say that we. I, I say it like there's a genuine choice you've got here. So big thank you to everyone who's um, asked questions, asked questions, who's uh, sent us a question after today's uh, game. So I will quickly flick through them. Oh, good one. Um, Ash Dolan, a uh, big friend of the fan cast. What's your favourite deodorant gift set for, to get for Christmas? A classic Lynx Africa or do you go at market with a Bayliss and Harding set? I don't know what that second one is. So, I mean, if it was me, I'd, I'd have Lynx Inca back, the better one. But no, they, they had to take that away from us, don't they? I mean, I don't have Lynx Africa this year. I had the gold one. Okay. Which was, which was a kind of, it messes with the formula, so I'm going to have to buy one for myself. But yeah, it's... Bleak, it, is it? it? I would buy yourself... <laughs> would, you, would, you buy it as a, would you buy it as a gift set, or would you just buy them the individual components, like just well, no, you, in Eastern Pooh? You've got to buy it as a gift set. You can't. You can't cheat. I mean, it. It, it got. I mean, it, this. I mean, if if I knew that I wasn't getting Links Africa, I would have wrapped it up for myself for a Christmas present. Let's just put it that way. Because Links Africa. Is this? Hang on, is this even a thing? Or is it Axe Africa over there? Yeah, like, it's Axe. It's Axe. Let's see. Have sort of the same, I guess, sort of culture. Is it the same cultural <laughs> cornerstone as it is here? Because it, the last few years, it must be from about ten years ago when it used to be quite a big thing. Um, <laughs> Stu, Stu just has just has a can lying about of, of linked Africa. Probably also of beer, to be fair. But yeah, thirsty ferret tonight from the uh, Badger Dorset Brewers. Oh. It's a nice little plug there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they used to sell axe in um, hooties, and when you when, you know when you used to um, you used to go in there and it, it was axe, and we thought, oh, you, it's knockoff links, and then you read the, the thing and it's for North American distribution only. Um, next question from Dean Marston: Favorite pizza topping? I'm assuming in honor of Catrone. Um, Blake, I'll go to you first. Uh, pepperoni and green chili. I'll tell you what, that's a really good combo. Okay. Okay. Stu, how about you? Straight at margarita? <laughs> it used to be. Um, it's uh, Cajun, then, Cajun chicken. Okay. Good. The, the, um, the Cajun chicken uh, pizzas from Aldi are superb as well. They're on, the, on uh, Monday night, surprisingly. Mm. I'm a big fan of a meat feast or just a, I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to use this as my platform for this, and I don't quite know why I'm starting this. I don't see what the hatred is towards Hawaiian pizzas. Well, look, if you don't like something, great. Um, You know what? Everyone can be a bit marmite. I think I've genuinely, I thought she was about to walk away from a second. (laughs) (laughs) He just dropped off. um, But I don't see what people have got so vehemently against it. If you eat what you want, it don't matter, does it? Yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, is, is anyone offended? To it, it's got pineapple on it. Yeah, but I mean, you, can, does... you can roast grilled pineapple. I don't. 
But does does anyone object when you go to a wedding and there's the cheese and pineapples on a stick? No. Exactly. I mean, he's looking. He's looking at us like we've gone mental. Do you know what cheese and pineapple on a stick is, Blake? Yes. Would you have it at a wedding and not just like a seventh birthday party? I did my wedding. (laughs) I think my point still stands, (laughs) Jim. Anyway, I I don't get the hatred for pineapple i mean tweet us at wwfc fancast or even at you know what at rich top six just just tell me what what the anger is towards pineapple on pizza I, i'd love to know i don't i don't quite understand it um personally um ran, ran over for another week um right what have we got next okay andy smith um does fabio need a bloody good haircut to stop the ball skidding off his un- uncontrollably off his bounce no, his, his hair's superb. There's no, nothing yeah, wrong with that. It's, it's, sadly, it, it's, it's it's fine. I've never been a fan of mullet. Ironically, considering the state of my own <laughs> hair right now, I was going to say. I think, um, as I said before, he, he looks like he could be in an indie band, and that <laughs> should never be held against him. Yeah, he, he he could be in the Strokes, and no one yeah. had that knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, if that isn't how we should judge um, strikers, then. I don't know what it is. Right, last question. Drum roll, please. Um, we'll go from uh, last one from David. Was this Wolves' best performance of the season so far? Oh, um, you're trying to. <laughs> it, it's it's almost a complete blank of this whole season <laughs> in that moment. I mean, you know I, I said the question out loud, Stu. I'm not going to lie to you. I could genuinely not remember another football match Wolves have played. There's I, been I, 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 oh God. <laughs> there's been snippets here and there, either, and it, you said that the um, the terrible clean sheet record as well this season. Mm. It's probably the most complete, but that's because Palace were a complete pile of shit. So and <laughs> they didn't try. For and but you can only play against what you you're playing against, don't you? So from a complete performance wise, then I suppose it is. By default, but it, we wasn't up against much. You know, there was certain like the Arsenal performance was much was a bit much bigger in, in the circumstances because of what had just happened, and to still put that performance in that was much was it much more heartwarming in a way. But it was it kind of was, and it was a better all round performance. It was a than, more emotional win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, the Arsenal game just because of the circumstances about it, despite how bad Arsenal were at the time. That took a lot more bollocks to win that game and to get anything from that game than beating a team full of Zaha's worst nightmares of just not doing anything. So, no, it wasn't. Like, was that was this your? I, I wouldn't even say standout performance. We'll go for most complete performance of the season. Are there any sort of highlights for you so far? Uh, Chelsea was fun. You know, yeah. um, I, I think that was sort of. Uh, nice considering the state of things to, to have gotten that 90th minute winner was something we hadn't done in, in quite a while in fact we had been conceding 90th minute winners for for quite some while. time yeah. so to have finally gotten one again was uh, a nice little bite back yeah i think um to i guess sort of looping almost back to the start i think tonight yeah i'd, I'd go so i'll say it was almost almost complete nuno performance so far this season that we controlled and managed the game for almost from start to finish. Palace weren't great. We knew that. They arguably knew that as well. We got the goal when we needed to without it kind of it didn't come so early that it gave Palace almost the whole game to change what they were doing. It didn't come so early as well that we didn't quite know how to handle the game. And it all it didn't come too late that we're starting to panic and obviously we're not in the stands or whatever, but you know, you, uh, we've all had it as fans where even watching this TV, you're starting to get apprehensive when you're sort of getting to the 60th, 70th minute and there's not been a goal, but we always looked confident. We always looked comfortable and we always looked like we we're going to win, uh, which is kind of what you want as a fan, I guess. Yeah. It, it came as, it was satisfying because we, we were so much on top of that point and you had the Fabio miss earlier. And there was a, a couple of... Tomato had a by... shot. You know, yeah. Yeah, we had chances. 
So, I mean, which is a lot better than you could say for recent weeks. Yeah. Um, so it was it it was that like the goal was coming, but he actually did this time rather than just fizzle away and then let them back in the game like it has been for the last last month or so. But yeah, it was it was a nice a nice night. What we needed. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was a nice way to spend a Friday night. You know, first one back in the sort of our super fun lockdowns. Um, just you know, what I don't think I could have coped. Actually, you know what? If it was anything like, if it was like a three-two-four-three win or something, and because all we'd have done is just promote the defending anyway. Um, you know, it's just <laughs> it's just nice to just sit down, have a beer, and just. Just watch your game. Just see Wolves. Just do what they need to do. And fingers crossed we can do it again on Tuesday and hopefully against the other lot next weekend as well. Big thank you to everybody who's listened to today's show. Make sure you keep up with all things Wolves Fancast across our social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, Also, feel free to go to our YouTube page. We've got lots of fun and fresh content on there from our FIFA greet series to Gully's tactical analysis to our post-match fan reaction as well. Um, you've got any uh, videos that you want to send in for a post-match fan reaction after the Everton game, straight afterwards, just drop a sort of a 30-second clip over to um, us on email, uh, at gmail.com or just drop us a quick DM on Twitter. Big thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Um, Go check them out for any website and marketing stuff, uh, pixelyetimedia.com. We will be back after the Everton game, um, as well as I think we've, um, we're trying really hard for, throughout this lockdown. Again, it, it's crap. Let, let's just, you know, no, no two ways about it. Um, thank, thankfully, the football's continuing at the moment. So we'll be still bringing out all our regular possible sort of also try and bring out some, um, other content as well so we'll be hopefully bringing out a met one of our latest mental health podcasts as well in the next couple of weeks um but otherwise we will see you after the everton game so it's goodbye from blake take care it's goodbye from Stu. and if you want to listen to any film related content cage fighting at cage fighting on twitter um yeah stay safe everyone goodbye and it's goodbye for me see you next time